It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free at FetchMeDelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. Just a heads up, we were recording this on a Monday, even though this will be airing on a Tuesday, so Auburn basketball plays tonight. We had an awesome breakdown. I think it was an awesome breakdown. Yesterday on yesterday's show of the Auburn basketball performance, Friday against Davidson, and they will have a big win against USA this evening. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, Painter Sharpless. Painter, how are you, sir? Good. Excited about what is happening in college football. It's this time of the year. It just never goes the way we think it will. Yes, the chaos. The chaos is expected. You just don't know where it's going to come from. That's a lot of fun. Michael, hello, sir. Hello, Zach. I feel like we just did this. We just did this. How about that? All right, so big news happening over the weekend. Auburn lands a JUCO offensive lineman, Brendan Coffey. I love Coffey, but it is spelled differently. But hopefully he will give the offensive line a jolt that it needs, like oh, your morning wow. cup of joe. You like that? Wow. You like that? Three-star JUCO tackle. Is it Butt College in California? B-U-T-T-E. I don't know if it's... B-U-T? Butte? Butte? I know it's... Oh, it, I bet it is Butte College. I know it's Crested Butte, spelled All right. like that. All right. Six foot, six and a half inches, 275 pounds, the number two Juco tackle, number 22 overall Juco player, and he'll have three years to play, too. So now Auburn has seven offensive linemen committed, but Javion Cohen of Phoenix City, he attended the Alabama LSU game. He's kind of been talking to other schools, so that's interesting. And then Jonathan Buskey may not arrive until next summer due to academics, so it's not expected for him to make an impact with all of these Auburn offensive linemen, the starters departing at the end of this season. But Coffey isn't expected to graduate until spring, so that's why some programs kind of backed off of his recruitment. Auburn said, hey, that's okay, and so now he is committed. And AU Nerd... Uh, on Twitter at AU Sports Nerd, he's a great follow. He uh, he tweeted Auburn now has commits from the number one, number two, and number seven JUCO offensive tackle. So that's um, that's kind of a sign of oh, all right, they're about to have a mass exodus at the offensive line after this season. Yeah, absolutely, and credit to Auburn because they're not interested in you know rebuilding the offensive line; they're interested in reloading the offensive line and. We've seen them have success with uh, transfers before, especially transfer tackle transfer tackles. I'm sure. Looking at you, Jack Driscoll, and so hopefully, yeah. How happy do you think Jack Driscoll is that he transferred from UMass to Auburn? I think he's happy. UMass is what one in eight. They're like the worst team in the FBS. Believe it or not, I don't keep up with UMass athletics. Okay, and I, I, I'm definitely excited. I think. Coffee's got an easy nickname built in there. Like right. you already made a pun about it. So uh, I definitely think that this is a group next year that could be better on the offensive line than than we really think at this point in the season. Let's call him Brendan Cup of Coffee. Yeah. I, I wish that his uh wish his first name was Joe. That would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Or Mocha. Frappuccino. No, too much. Too much. Painter, you drink like three cups of coffee a day. What are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Coffee? Which uh, is actually low for you. Yeah, no, you're right. I is think three low for you? It's 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 used to be. I've I've leveled out. I was definitely drinking too much coffee a few months ago for a while. 
this is going to be the most fascinating part of <laughs> Gus Malzahn, I think, over the next year or so. Okay. I don't think he's going to be fired. I don't think he's going to leave. The Arkansas job, I think, is one to watch more so than maybe Auburn fans might consider, and we can talk about that later. But the defensive line, I'm just not worried with Rodney Gardner at that position group. The defense in general, since Kevin Steele and, and those coaches have been there. They just recruited so well on that side of the ball. We just haven't mm-hmm. seen those guys yet, but that that that's okay. Well, even yeah. the defensive line, they rotate so many guys in. It's not like they're bringing in four new guys that have never played. That's true. And so I think, you know, you're, you're going to lose a top 10 draft pick and Marlon probably doesn't get into the first round, but as a second day guy at this I think point, he's a top 50 pick. Yeah. And you know, maybe things change, maybe he tests well and, and he does work his way into the first round, but I don't think the group will be as elite next year, but like, I think still think it's going to be really good and you're going to get a decent bit back in your secondary, although you'll certainly lose some experience and, and you'll have your linebacker core come back. So the defense, I think, is going to be in a good place. Your your quarterback comes back. Your skill position group looks even stronger with the emergence of DJ Williams. Yeah. You know, I think Stove and Hastings add something. But it's anyway, the point being like... Auburn has not made them a priority this year. Yeah, and so the only question mark I really see like that's just glaring, not to say that there won't be some other question marks at the units, is this offensive line. And that's been really the tale of Gus Malzahn on this yeah. offense over the last three or so seasons, both on the recruiting trail and in their key losses. Sure. And, I mean, just talking about reloading the defensive line, I don't think it's a given that Nick Coe leaves after this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't I think, think he I, can. Yeah, I, I don't I, think he can either. Well, and it's so interesting, too, because when you've got coaches saying he's got a standard to meet and he, we need to see it in practice, like if you were an NFL scout or a coach, like, that's, uh, that doesn't scream professional yet. It, right. And it's not to say that you can't be there. I think – you know, we forget because these guys look the way that they do that some of them are 19, 20, 21 year old. If you remember your 20 year old self, you may not have been as mature as, as you ought to have been. Sure. But that comes with time. So I, I am fascinated to see what Co does because the upside and the athleticism is there. This is a fascinating position yeah, I, group. And like like Michael said, they're obviously going for the fix now. They, they have to because I think they understand the situation. Well, they recorded in. so poorly at offensive line that they've got to get Juco guys. But, I mean, mm-hmm. just stick on the defensive front. I mean, if Co comes back, I think uh, T.D. Moultrie is going to stick around. I think Big Cat Bryan is there. Tyron Truesdale will still be there. And, I mean, a guy like Connus Miller could step up. I mean, I, I think that's, uh, that's a pretty solid base to build upon. You should be – confident in this defense that's that's, I think one of the more interesting things about the Auburn fan base is that they one put themselves in the tier with some of these like schools like Alabama and Georgia but they do not have the same confidence of a fan base and I think some of that's the coaching staff I think some of that is just looking at the record and and realizing that the team doesn't finish with double digit wins every year and so like I, I think that you can be really confident that your defense will be a top 15 top 20 defense again next year and Keith Niebuhr of Auburn 247 put out a great write-up on Brendan Coffey. So just check that out at auburnundercover.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
All right, so looking uh looking at the red shirt situation. Now we're we're at the the final four games of the season when you count the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's kind of interesting to look at the red shirt counter. There, there's 16 guys, and uh, I kind of want to get y'all's thoughts on uh, each individual player. So we'll we'll just go in order here that I have. Uh, it's an alphabetical order by last name. So freshman offensive lineman Kamar Bell, he has played in zero games. I think it's clear that he will definitely red shirt. But uh, your thoughts on if he gets any playing time this year? Possible, maybe but the bowl I, game. I, yeah, I think it's clear that they want to redshirt him. Uh, he hasn't played yet. Freshman linebacker OC Brothers. He's played in one game. Y'all's thoughts? It seems good to redshirt him because, like, what they probably want him to do. There's already guys doing it. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think he's a guy that. Yeah, definitely going to redshirt. We'll, we'll we'll see how he plays uh, over the last few games here. Uh, freshman linebacker Cameron Brown. He has not appeared in a game this season. A redshirt is clear for him. Do you think he will get any reps? Over the last few games here, no, same thing as as brothers. I think there's just people in front of him. How they like? Why would you? You don't need him yet. Samford, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Freshman tight end Luke Deal. He has appeared in two contests so far this year. Uh, this is kind of the first one that is maybe a, a fringe, but I, I think he gets the red shirt. But I would not be shocked if he played in, all, in, in four games. You know that. That line as a as a redshirt candidate. My thing is, if you're going to use him, really make him a threat. Like I don't mind if you put him out there and he only plays four or five games this season, but make sure that it, like it's really you really include him in the game plan. I, I think is my only thing. If if you're on the if you're on the border the way he is and and you don't really intend to make him a part of your scheme, I, I don't think it's worth it. Tyler Fromm, the other freshman tight end, he has not appeared yeah. in a game this year. Pretty, I, pretty I, I don't clear. think he's going to. So that one's a clear one. Uh, let's see, freshman defensive lineman Jaron Handy. He's played in four. So unless if he steps on the field again, he burns his red shirt. This is a guy, I mean, we talk about reloading the defensive line for next year. I thought Jaron Handy was going to be a bigger presence on the defensive front in that rotation this year. So I think he plays more than four games. I think he uh I don't think he gets red shirted. I would like to see him in every game moving I th- forward. I think there's a chance you'll see him in moments in the Georgia and Alabama game. Yeah, and then, of course, Samford as well. That's a, that's a big big deal. Uh, let's see. Uh, wide receiver Javaris Johnson has not appeared in a game this year. I would not have guessed that going into the season, but a, a clear red shirt. Maybe a bowl game guy. Maybe he's a guy that gets reps in the bowl game. I'd like to see him in both the Samford game and the and the bowl game, there's certainly no downside to him playing in the bowl game. And, and if he's got a skill set, why not throw him? You know, if you just throw him in for a certain I play. Don't think so. But I don't. I don't think that he. It, there are so many wide receivers. I mean, just with guys like Shedrick Jackson and Matthew Hill that we've like wanted to see take a step forward. I think those are the guys that are going to be getting the, the snaps in Samford and in uh, the bowl game. It doesn't seem like he's going to get used, but I'd really like to see him in the Samford game in the bowl mm-hmm. game. This is a guy that got a lot of excitement. Like when I mean, he, in high school, he committed was, early. Yeah, committed uh, early before he kind of blew up on the scene, and then uh, other schools kind of went after him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, sorry, I'm I'm committed. You know, I'm right. sticking with the guys who picked me early." And you know, there's a there's I'm obviously partial just because of our relationship to Ryan, but that was a like that guy. We we kind of had a conversation about this around the beginning of the year about what he did and the consistency. Like, he was not elite. He was not an elite football player, but the consistency he brought at that position was really valuable. And I think so, you see Johnson, you think, oh, okay, they might have something similar in that. Keandre Jones, a freshman offensive lineman, he has uh, appeared in zero games so far this year, so a red shirt seems clear for him. Junior defensive back Travion Leonard has not played in a game this year. Uh, it's kind of interesting seeing an upperclassman get that red shirt, but it looks like he's going to. 
Uh, let's see. Freshman offensive lineman Justin Osborne has not appeared in a game this year, and you know we're, that's uh, that's all the offensive line we're going to talk about. But I mean, there's 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 several there's several so far that we've talked about that. All right, there's guys on campus. I mean, these are going to be the guys that are competing for those four of the remaining five jobs. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Looking at uh, more guys, freshman defensive back Nehemiah Pritchett. The uh, he has appeared in four games. So uh, I'm really curious. I don't know what they'll do here because you could look at it as man, he could give you a little bit of an extra depth at the end of a season when guys are getting tired and they like him. Or it's like, well, you're going to lose some experience in the secondary next year. So do you hang on to to that? And just say, you know what, we, we really like what we have from here. I mean, what's the upside of playing him, you think? I, the secondary has been so good. I think, I think the only thing is just depth. Like it, but you have to feel, I think, really good about him going into the Georgia and Alabama games. The, the interesting thing about, you know, a, a lot of people talk about the bowl game and, you know, it, kind of a, a measuring stick of how your season was. But a big part of getting to a bowl game is using that month to practice to get ready for the future. I would argue it's it's the most important part. The bowl game 100%. itself is meaningless unless you are unless it's a big bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I don't want to discount like the New Year's Six bowls because that is an accomplishment. But if you're playing in the Outback Bowl, it's like, oh, well, that's nice. But for Auburn fans, that doesn't amount to much, right? And I mean, so talking about all these guys that are kind of on the fringe, like if you're preparing for the future, you want a guy like Pritchett possibly getting reps because I think you're going to kind of give them some looks to say, okay, this is what we're going to be dealing with next year. So my guess is he does not get redshirted if, if, I, if I had to place money on it. I think that's a good way to lean. I mean, like it's like you could see him in the Georgia or Alabama game perhaps, but then in particular it, it seems like you could, you could see him getting some reps for the future. He'll and, be important. And here's another freshman defensive back, Zion Puckett. He has appeared in three games this year, and he's kind of in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. You'd like to think that like they both wouldn't probably burn. They wouldn't burn both of them, would they? But I don't. I don't know. I think it's certainly case by case and how they view their futures. And some of that I don't think we can know. Right. Uh, a guy that uh, has probably garnered the most of any uh, player as far as conversation on this list. Freshman running back Mark Anthony Richards. He has not appeared in a game this season. I don't think he's going to. They already announced that he mm-hmm. was going to redshirt, mm-hmm. and obviously with with not playing a game with four games left, he will be redshirted. But. Maybe the bowl game he plays. Uh, I don't think he can play earlier than that just because I don't think he's going to be ready based on every report that I've read and heard. So I, I just went on and on about the offensive line and how it'll be important for a number of different reasons, and that's really your cause for concern, your most glaring spot to look at during this offseason. But perhaps the most upsided position for Auburn next year will be this one because Tank Bigsby comes in, DJ Williams has emerged, you have an experience back in Booby Whitlow, and Mark Anthony Richards, the coaches are really excited about, this is going to be a, and Sean Shivers mm-hmm. like th- this is going to be a almost too crowded of a backfield. Right. You start wondering like is one there, of those guys is going to transfer? Yeah, it's like is everyone going to be there midway through next season? Probably not. I think Mark Anthony Richards could be the guy that kind of gets um, gets the short end of the stick here. Well, you know, the, getting injured like that's not it stinks. Yeah, it's not on him, but like you might just get left behind where everyone else is showcased. It, it, like he could go somewhere else and have a really great career. But if he, and I, I could understand him leaving too. I I think it's too early to really know. 
But that's going to be like... The, I just don't see where his playing time comes from. Yeah, I guess my, my thing, though, with the offensive line is like that'll be a fascinating position group because of how important it'll be for like, right. Malzahn and the program stability. Running back, like the fans should be thrilled about how well they've recruited. Deshaun Sheffield, a freshman wide receiver. He has not appeared in the game. And, Michael, this kind of goes back to what you were saying. I mean, there's so many freshmen, young freshmen, mm-hmm. that the folks want to see more of, but it's just hard to get on the field right now. So I, I think he will get... Richard as the well. skill positions for Auburn right now are looking really good moving into the future. I mean, those are definitely positions that they've recruited really well. Yeah. And, I mean, those are guys that are going to grow with your true freshman quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. Then uh, defensive back, Jalen Simpson, another freshman DB. He's played in three games so far. So, once again, I mean, these young defensive backs, they're kind of the mm-hmm. ones that you're looking at saying, okay, are they going to get a redshirt or not? And – I think the reason these guys are getting into games is mainly because you want those defensive backs on the field for special teams. And so he's uh, he's another guy to look at. I mean, I bet they hold him out until the bowl game and they give him some reps in the bowl game. And then our last guy, the Buck defensive end, Colby Wooden, the freshman. He has played in two games so far this year. I think they will get him up to four games, and I think they will redshirt him. Yeah, it makes sense with what you're losing um, along you know, that position group. You want to have depth. I think it's good they've gotten that rotation in. Right. This one, to me, seems pretty clear. I I think redshirting him is the right move. So, Michael, you and I alluded to the uh, Alabama-LSU game a little bit on yesterday's show, but, Painter, we kind of of hinted at it real quick. I mean, Auburn taking on Georgia and taking on Alabama, that seems to be better and and more, uh, I don't know, it seems to be more realistic than it did a few weeks ago. So I was never like I always felt like at this point, you know, within the last few weeks, anyway, as we've as probably since the loss at LSU, that Auburn and Georgia were just not that far off. Georgia's defense will be the best Auburn's faced all year. I think even better than Florida's. Okay. And they don't have much of an offense. I mean, right. they have talent. Like they're 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 talent all over the place but they have not been able to put it all together and so i like if auburn can get to 30 points in this game and in the iron bowl i really like their chances maybe they don't win if they get to 30 but especially against georgia i'd i agree with you my question is can they get to 30 yeah that, that's that, and, that's and, my concern and i think that they can against alabama's defense will that be enough will be an interesting point yeah maybe because you saw that defensive performance auburn had against lsu they'll be at home with georgia it's like yeah i can they get to 30? It has less to do with the defense in that game. I think they can hold Georgia less than 30. It's like, can Auburn's offense get enough moving against that defense? Yeah, and I'm not big on the whole transitive property that a lot of fans like to use, but, I mean, it's kind of natural to look at what Alabama's defense was able to do against LSU and then compare it to what Auburn's defense was able to do on the road against LSU. But it's just every game is so different. Matchups every game plan, different, Yeah, right. 100%. Well, and, and to a – it, you know, I think he was fine, but he was clearly not 100%. And, yeah. like, it limited his ability, not just to if he wanted to take off and run for a first down, but just move around. He likes to escape the pocket, extend plays, give those elite wide receivers time. And he couldn't do a lot of that. And, mm-hmm. and so, and they just played a pretty sloppy game. That's a team that's usually very disciplined. And, like, the, the fumble at the beginning was pretty fluky. Where two, it looks like they're going to run, like drive it right down and score, and that's a weird momentum flip. Right, and they had he just some, dropped it. You know, the the having a twelfth man on the field early when Joe Burrow throws an interception, and and they they never get like that team was I thought playing poor by their standards and was one touchdown away. And some people will say, well, yeah, that's sort of 
you know, LSU controlled a lot of that game, and so the touchdown at the end made it closer than it looked. I would argue that Alabama just didn't play very well and was still right there. Yeah. Yeah, they played terrible for a whole half, and then what they did in the second half was able to get them close. Yeah, Zach, we texted about this um, during the game a little bit. Alabama did not look like a particularly well-coached team in the first half of that right. game, which is just shocking because, you know, obviously Nick Saban's the best college football coach of all time, and it was really, really interesting. Um, I definitely, like you guys said, feel better about Auburn's chances against Georgia and Alabama. For Georgia, it's pretty obvious that they just flat out don't trust Jake Fromm to throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. And that's it's tough to win when you don't trust your junior quarterback to win you a game. And when they've gone up against teams that can stop the run, they've had real issues. They kicked three field goals against a Missouri team who didn't have their best player on defense. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of folks are not impressed, especially with the Auburn fan base. I mean, the Auburn fan base has kind of pulled a 180. I mean, it looks like they're feeling pretty confident with everything mm-hmm. um, kind of kind of moving forward. But fun show today, guys. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, man? Please listen to the lunch break from 11 to 1. That's on ESPN 106.7 if you're in the Auburn-Opelika area. If not, we've got the uh, podcast. And, of course, you can listen on the ESPN 106.7 app or at ESPNAU dot com and i'm on twitter if you want to follow me i'm at paint sharpless love you guys michael uh i am on twitter at couch potato i'm on the lunch break on tuesdays usually and so yeah follow me listen to me be my friend fantastic i'm on twitter at z blackerby the show is on twitter at locked on auburn the show is also now on youtube if you're into that sort of thing so this has been another edition of the locked on auburn podcast the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.